0: Tonight on Whiskey Waffle. he rolls roll into town with his horse and cart, and then find a still and steal it. This would go well with barbecued octopus. It's like baking a berry pie in a hungy.
1: Underground berry pie.
0: That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Welcome, welcome to the Whiskey Waffle podcast. Now, welcome, welcome to the Whiskey Waffle... nut. No.
1: <laughs> now let's let's just let's just say it with our normal voice. Go for it Ted
0: Welcome welcome to the whiskey waffle podcast.
1: That's more like it. episode 32. My name is Nick. My name is Ted and we are two tazzy boys who don't mind a drop of the old amber stuff and in fact we talk about it for um, multiple minutes.
0: Nicholas each you, month you may be, before we came on mic... You made me promise that we'd be concise tonight. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Enough waffle, enough waffle. I've got to edit this episode ready to go out for our monthly release. And um, yeah, but basically we've got a bit to talk about tonight. We're talking about our, a local independent bottler.
0: Ooh, that sounds interesting.
1: Yeah, so a guy that we know quite well, his name is Brett Steele. Brett Steele. Yeah, that's how we say it to him all the time. And, um, yeah, he's produced the Spirit Thief brand. So we've got a few Spirit Thief bottles that we're going to waffle about.
0: Sounds like a good plan
1: to me. We'll do a review. We'll certainly stick in a few silly games. um, And we're also going to hear from Brett Steele himself later on this episode.
0: Sounds fantastic. I, I would say that it was a um, good afternoon with Brett Steele but by the end of it I didn't really remember much so yeah, yeah
1: this is true um, one of us had to be driving and that was me on this occasion so and it was not me yes <laughs> and I sampled much of the whiskey <laughs> and we recorded much of his waffle <laughs> this yes. is the reason that I've got a lot of editing today and we need to keep it
0: concise. I feel like I made some really good points there, though. Well, I'm not sure what they were. But... That
1: will uh, that will remain to be seen, Teddy boy. <laughs> that will remain to be seen. Uh, before we go on, though, we actually have a review. Ooh. I get excited every time we get a new review because um, um, reviews are like my chest hairs. I don't have many, but I treasure the ones that I do. Yep. Few and far between. Indeed. Indeed. So um, this is from Clinton Seagull. Mm. Great name.
0: Seagull, uh, as in seagull? Ah, ah, I'm a seagull, yes, Yeah. Okay. indeed.
1: And it is a five-star review ah. um, earlier on this month or late last month because I'm not sure if it's American or the Australian uh, date system. Mm. Um, but he says this, great discourse, down-to-earth diatribe. Mm. Good oh, heading. I like it. Okay, he says this.
0: Oh, that's uh, that's not the whole review. I thought it was a really short, snappy review.
1: No, no, he's a waffler. Ah. Okay. You can tell. So here we go. I'm only writing this review as I laughed out loud as the seagull squawked during Ted's discussion on triple distilling. A rare treat. <laughs> Seriously, a well-produced podcast. Great audio quality that I can listen to while barking with the wind whistling unless they're on tour at a local Tasmanian distillery. True. True. Um, yeah. Blame the Tasmanian distillers. Um, he goes on to say, Great local flavor covering Tasmanian and mainland Australian distilleries. I tune in as they cover the whiskies that I drink or might drink and not the high-end or inaccessible whiskey-slash-whiskey that Mark Gillespie discusses. Hey, hey. That's, that's, that's the nicest thing Sticking you could say. Sticking it to the man. I love that. Um, he also says, I had to try bourbon due to their statement, all bourbon tastes like bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite agree. They do taste different, but I absolutely understand the sentiment and prefer to try whiskey every time. Um, oh,
0: fantastic. Yeah.
1: Um, and he also said, "I listen at one point five speed. Otherwise, I laugh too much, and they do not sound like they've had a few." <laughs> um, great, that is a monthly episode. Keep up the good banter.
0: Oh, do do we need to introduce the seagull to our pantheon of um, of birds of avian <laughs> friends? Because I know. We, we've already got the carrier pigeon. Maybe we need to make it a little sidekick, the mm. uh, the seagull,
1: the, the carrier pigeon's little brother. Yep. <laughs> like it a lot. Thank you very much, Clinton Seagull. And um, I think that all those points are very, very fair. Indeed. Anyway, shall we um waffle at 1.5 speed onto the next segment? All right, let's go. Let's do it because, we, you know, if we don't stop now, then we'll be
0: right. The Waffle. Right, Nicholas. Hmm. Let's crack a nice bottle of wine.
1: Yeah, it does feel like we've we popped a nice bottle of red. And there is a reason. And
0: that is because we are drinking Spirit thief. Spirit thief, whose whole thing is red wine maturation. Red wine in all its various forms. I reckon it's, it's only in its infancy now as well. Mm. So We're just getting started with Spirit Thief. So. Red, we're at the top of the red wine rabbit hole.
1: Indeed, indeed. And I've got to say, before we go on anywhere else, I'm staring at a bunch of really good looking bottles right there. They are nice. They are beautiful. In fact, I'd go so far as to say this is my favorite Australian bottle shape and label out there at the moment. So Spirit Thief are just getting started. They've released five bottles so far. No, that's not true. They released two pre-release ones, which we, we've, we've talked a little miniature amount about. But their official release has just kicked off. And it was going to be six, but there's only five available so far. Um, and Ted and I have tried a few of them.
0: We have indeed. Well, and we own know, three of them. I've I've tried a lot of them. Yeah, because, yeah. Well, <laughs> when, which you'll hear about later in this episode.
1: Indeed, indeed. You get the um the edited highlights anyway, um rather than Ted just being drunk for fifty minutes. But no, we've got a couple of bottles here that we're going to sample throughout tonight. We'll talk about the other ones that are available. But it's basically not being distilled at any one distillery.
0: No. So so the the bottles that um Nicholas was talk has been talking about come from their Exploration Series 1. Hmm. I think Exploration is a good good point here. It's exploring different distilleries and different um, cask types yeah. as well.
1: When Spirit Thief started up, um, it was entirely independent bottling. There was um, spirit coming from not just all over Tasmania, but all over the world, in fact, different hmm. countries. But now Spirit Thief has become more of a, Brett likes to call it a gypsy distilling setup, um, based out of a distillery that distills other things, which he's able to use. Um so future releases will be more about the cask.
0: Yeah, so so by I suppose by gypsy distilling it means he'll he'll roll into um he'll roll into town with his horse and cart and then find a still and steal it yep. to make some spirit on.
1: Yeah, yeah, or he'll trade it for some um berries that he's foraged.
0: Yeah. He's he's uh previous in previous incarnation they've made uh some spirit at Belgrove distillery. Um, but more recently, he's been camped out at White Label Distillery. Indeed, indeed. So that's some of the ones that are going to be coming up. But for today,
1: we're going to talk about five different spirits, mm. five different barrel types, and we're going to taste three of them. So let's not muck around, Ted. Let's get stuck in with number one, which is the highest percentage of all.
0: mm. Good times as well. Nicholas, do tell this one's yours. so This one's
1: mine, yeah. It's been distilled at Adams Distillery up in the north of the state and it's been stuck in a big, old, heavy Shiraz cask.
0: Oof. So just reminding people that, yes, it is all about the red wine casks here. All
1: about the red wine casks. So um, this is a big whiskey, big spirit, big flavor, and it's been released at a proper old cast strength. This is 63.5% Teddy Boy. And look at that colour. Like, is, that's so dark. You say it's a big whiskey. Is it, is it a pinky whisky? Um, it's certainly been made by a pinky Adam Pinkard, to be precise. But Brett's had a lot of influence in this, I think. That's mm. the thing with Spirit Thief. I've, I've only had a few samples of it over time, but Brett's fingerprints are all over it. Mm. His interest, his passion, his, I guess, his wine background. Brett actually is a McLaren Vale boy at least for part of his career. Um, and it's really showing through in the whiskey's he's creating. So this is not going to be sweet liqueur whiskey. This is going to be heavy tanninic. And yet I'm getting sweetness on the nose, so maybe there is There is sweetness.
0: If you, if you go for a bit of a deeper sniff, there is a bit of a, a sharp kick to it as well, though I think mm. that's probably the 63%. Mm. It's, it's quite, I would say, it's quite whiny on the nose.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. Now the palate...
1: Quite syrupy for me. Mm. Quite a thick mouthfeel.
0: Yeah, you're right. It does It does have a bit of a um, thick mouthfeel to it. Did we discuss where the red wine, uh, the Shiraz casks were from at all? Nope. Where are the Shiraz casks from? I don't know. Does it say on the, bo- on the bottle at all? Why, yes, it does.
1: So to accompany the really heavy Adams New Make flavors, they settled on heavily charred McLaren Vale First Fill Shiraz. So, there's not just any Shiraz, it's McLaren Vale Shiraz.
0: McLaren Vale Shiraz, where we are going next month. Yeah, it's New- the
1: best sort of Shiraz, in my opinion. So, this is proper Shiraz. You cannot beat that.
0: I get a slight, um, I suppose it's a cold coffee note. Mm. Cold like cof- coffee. Co- like it's, it's coffee? Like ice oh, coffee? It's not so much ice coffee, it's, it's, it's more like Someone coffee. made you a
1: cup of coffee, like they make you a tea, you
0: wait until it gets no, cold and no, you just it's skull it. No, not that, it's more like coffee syrup coffee syrup. Yeah. Like a
1: coffee chocolate or something.
0: Yeah, or yeah, that that sort of thing maybe on the end. Mm. Mm. Right, well that that is the Adams.
1: Mm. I've just picked out the next one which has been distilled at Belgrove Distillery, but mm. not from a Belgrove made wash. Because generally really? everything that is distilled at Belgrove has been fermented at Belgrove but not this. So I'll give you a bit of information. This has been brewed at the Last Rights Brewing Company in Cambridge, who does a lot of the stuff for Lark and some of the, the guys around there. Mm. This whiskey was distilled at Belgrove, of course, because Belgrove stills lend this really earthy flavor because they're direct fire stills. Some of that char gets left in the flavor. And then, of course, they poured this into some French oak Mataro barrels. All oh, right, So, tell me about Mataro. <laughs> so, I'm, I wouldn't be too surprised if you don't know what Mataro is, because that's just an Australian name. Mataro is the Australian name for a French grape called Mourvèdre.
0: Ah, Mordoeuvre.
1: Mourvèdre. Yeah, I've never been able to say that one correctly. Maud'oeuvre. But it was also known as Monstrel by the Spanish. So, um, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Interesting. It's another one of those um, really, I guess, used in blends sort of wines, but... Yeah, in Australia we call it mataro, and that's what this one's been in. And I'm thinking that there's not going to be a lot of fruit in this one, so we're going to have a we're going to have a sniff of this. And I smell the char at the bottom of Pete Bignall still, <laughs> mm.
0: although it's like it's not that sort of it. It's not like smelling a a direct Belgrove and going, no, yeah, that's Belgrove.
1: Don't worry, that's coming, Ted. Mm.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. This has got it's not this, a smoky whiskey. It's this a, has got a lot of dark fruit in it,
1: mm, like black currant, no, oh, blackberry. Mm. It's roll-ups, They're really dark roll-ups. Yeah, there's also a little Australian tasting. I just boy. got
0: a slight barbecuey flavor in there as well.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's the earthy thing that I was talking about with the um,
0: direct fire. Still, it's.
1: it's I think a, it's got the balance right though. It's a hungy. Yeah, it's a hungy.
0: <laughs> mm. A berry hungy. It's 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 like baking a berry pie in a hungy.
1: Mm. <laughs> Underground berry pie.
0: <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs>
1: well, wow, we should we should sip it, shouldn't we? All
0: right. Huh. Oh. The nose the Taste nose does barbecue. not give you any hint of what's going to happen on the palate. Oh,
1: that it's just char in there. It's just this charred burnt sticky it's it's grilled it's grilled meats it's yeah grilled meats but also like when you're making jam and it sticks to the bottom of the frying pan
0: well I think I think it's more like the glaze on the on the grilled meat it's it's like it's like being in a market in Vietnam and getting some mystery meat it's just all (laughs) this really nice crispy sort of jammy sticky meat it's got some sort of Interesting sauce on it and yeah. an interesting origin for the uh So for the quote Brett with
1: his spirit thief uh, tasting notes, this is scorched peanuts and dark chocolate decadence married with quince paste and a few drops of truffle oil and you have the perfect accompaniment to a Mediterranean charcoal grill. Yeah. Look, that's, that's good taste. He does good tasting notes, Brett. If he comes up with these, he's smashing it because this would go well with barbecued octopus.
0: Oh, this is... It is barbecue whiskey. Mm. It's barbecue in a glass. This is good. This is good. Brett, you are kicking it with this one.
1: (laughs) But you can't make this anywhere apart from Mm. (laughs) Belgrove. No. Like, it's still thick like the Adams, but it's got this fruity, jammy thing alongside this burnt charry thing. Like, oh, God, that's fascinating.
0: Right. Let's move on to the last official whiskey for the the session. The
1: weird-ski itself. So, Ted, what makes this... So weird.
0: Yes. So it is coastal Peters. So this is not Scotland
1: peat. It's not like any sort of tame, easy drinking sphagnum moss. No. This is coastal decomposing seaweed. So we're moving on to peat.
0: Belgrove Distillery. Yep. So, so we've already had one Belgrove tonight. But also, oh god, that just okay. So <laughs> the 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 two that we've had already mm. have a similarity to them. I mean, yep.
1: the f- the fruit is there.
0: The fruit is there. They're, there's. I mean, they're different distilleries and stuff, and they're all that. But they're. I suppose they're still just whiskey. This is this is something else.
1: Yeah, this is. It's unlike anything on this planet.
0: And in, a little interesting fact that um sort of our our whiskey nerds um listening might appreciate with this one um it's actually a bit different to your normal smoked whiskey in that okay. um the malted barley for this whiskey was smoked with the coastal peat after the gristing process
1: so it was the um little crushed up grains that. yeah smoked. yeah
0: so they've they, instead of smoking the whole grains they've actually ground it first and then smoked it which um yeah result in much more intense layering of the smoke in the um
1: yeah well he succeeded I know that, that Pete Bignall developed this process with the attempts to sort of overtake Octomore for the most peaty whiskey in the world. We're not sure if he's achieved this or not, but mm. blimey, he's achieved something peaty. And Brett has then stuck it in a Cabernet cask, which I actually think is the right choice for this full-on peat explosion. Not Isla Pete explosion, but this it's, sort of... It's
0: so different to Isla peat. It's basically burnt coastal bog. There you go.
1: Well, that's only three of the range. The Sheen is sold out. You can't get that anymore. But you can try these three that we've got. You can also try the Kiwi one.
2: Mm. You
1: can also try, in a few months' time, the... Ben Rins. The Ben Rins, the Scottish one that's been in Bordeaux casks. And this is just the beginning, though. Just the beginning of
0: Spirit Thief. As it says, this is... Exploration Series One. Yeah,
1: there, there might be another Exploration Series, but also coming is the stuff that Brett has distilled himself at White Label. So, uh, I'm just I'm just really excited for this brand because Brett's doing a lot of things right. Number one, he's creative, so he's not resting his laurels. He's not just doing more sort of port matured or bourbon matured whiskey. Two, he's got the branding on point. The labels look brilliant. The bottles are beautiful. He's got this honour your spirit, guard your honour. I don't know if I said that right, but whatever he's doing with the branding is spot on. But he also knows when to take it out of the barrel and release it.
0: Mm-hmm. That is actually a very good point. Sometimes you get these whiskies, in, in Australia, you get these whiskies that, like, possibly for monetary reasons or mm-hmm. whatever, they've just. Not quite right. No. Whereas these these are really really right. Yeah. Not none of these taste like a whiskey that I go. Mm, is it something a bit young or like not. not quite finished there? They're all like really nicely polished. It's now
1: I will mention none of them. Well, unpolished
0: like this. This one is so grubby. It's not <laughs> funny.
1: Now I will mention none of them are subtle. No. None of them are easy drinking or smooth. These are flavor bombs in a glass.
0: If so, if you're someone who dislikes peat smoke the belgrove the the belgrove coastal peated you will intensely loathe if you're someone who does like peat smoke you'll be like probably confused by it, it mm. but pleasantly so it's yep. it's a really different experience so
1: here is a very exciting point of the podcast we are actually going to offer a giveaway of an extra dram of one of our spirit thief bottles for any of our patreon subscribers. So the way that it's going to work is every time we put up the episode on Patreon, you're able to comment on the episode. And, you know, generally we only get a couple of comments on there because we only have a a handful of Patreons. But the best comment is going to receive a set of three drams, three little sample bottles of each of the three Spirit Thief samples. Wow, that's great. Well, I think it's great because we've just tried the three of them tonight. We found them fascinating. So to win this... All you have to do is leave us a post on the Patreon release of the episode and tell us which one sounded like the most interesting. And the best comment, we're going to decide as a team. And next month when your release comes out, or maybe if you're just a lower level patron and you don't get a release, we'll still post you one. Might need to tell us your address. We'll still post you the set of three. So make a really good comment and we'll pick one of them.
0: Yeah, and look, this is a great opportunity to join as well. If you if you haven't joined yet, please, please have a look at the different uh, tier levels that we've got. Um, if you're sort of first time listening to Whiskey Waffle or you've been listening for a while and just sort of considering, come jump on our Patreon um, and have a look. We've got some great things on offer. Um, lower levels get access to the, uh, some of the lower levels get access to the faints, which is our extras sort of bit for the podcast. Um, higher levels get um, sent some drams, like they get sent the review dram. Or if you go even higher, you get something extra nice on the side. Hmm. So yeah, if if you if you feel that you're able to spare a bit of coin, um, come jump on the Patreon um, and yeah, join join the community. Come and come and have a chat on the Patreon app with us. That's where we. That's where we want to be. Sort of talking to our Patreon followers through.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's certainly something that we're going to aim towards, and maybe in future months we'll do some more giveaways for our Patreon peoples.
0: Here's how it went down. Mm. I went online. Well, no. Okay. Start off. Ted got drunk. The
1: whiskey. Okay, so it's time for a review, and I bet. Wafflers, you've not tried this one before. It's pretty unlikely. Um, yeah. But our Patreons are going to try it soon because we're going to send them out some... Is this Swedish or German?
0: It's a bit hard to tell, really. I I can tell you it's got a bit of a sting in its tail. Hey, <laughs> Well, maybe. It is only 40% still, though, so... Okay, so
1: it's it's a very small stink. It's is a it, very tame scorpion.
0: Aren't the, aren't the little ones the more deadly ones? I'm predicting this whiskey is going to be deadly, Ted, one way or another. Yep. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you've probably not guessed what this one is. No, unless you've read the uh, show notes. Yes, in which case you know exactly what this one is. But this is a whiskey called Scorpions. Scorpions, plural. Scorpions. Scorpions Rock and Roll Star. (laughs) Rock and Roll
1: Star. This gets better.
0: Now, I bet you can't guess what sort of cask this has been in. Um, Snake wine cask? No. They age in glass. Snake wine cask. Mm. That'd be interesting. And nor has it been in scorpion wine. No. <laughs> no, this, this is an odd one. This has been in cherry casks. Cherry casks. Well, cher- cherry wine casks ah, to be exact. I see. So, it's initially been in ex-bourbon. So, it's finished in cherry wine. Then finished in German cherry wine. German cherry wine. I don't know even... What, what even is German cherry wine? Well,
1: it's a type of wine that's made with cherries and made in Germany.
0: Do you reckon they make it in the Black Forest?
1: Mm, yeah, is that maybe. like
0: is it is it connected to Black Forest cake somehow? Surely, surely, surely. Um, so, ex bourbon finished in German cherry wine and Spanish Montilla, mm. Oloroso sherry casks.
1: Right, okay. There's there's a bit of sherry and a bit of cherry,
0: kind of the way it looks. Mm. From what I understand, this is. Um, a McMira origin whiskey so mm-hmm. produced Based. by this by the Swedish maker McMira. Yep. I think for a German uh whiskey club. Oh okay. So
1: do they do they get together after midnight and dance to uh drum and bass music?
0: Look, I'm going to say yes in a, in the absence of any other information, I am going to say yes to that one.
1: Or are they more sort of a village people style club? <laughs> or maybe Rammstein, I don't know.
0: Yeah, possibly more like Rammstein. Yeah.
1: Well, so we have a whiskey called Scorpions, distilled in Sweden, aged in Germany, and using cherry wine casks. That is a combination that I don't think we've found in any other bottle ever or ever will.
0: It's an interesting one. I, mm. I will give it that. I still
1: can't get the village people thing out of my head. But anyway, let's. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> shall shall we drink this whiskey, Ted? I've, I've, I'm just picturing the village people sort of doing one of those like I'm a celebrity, get me out of here" style <laughs> challenges, where they've like they're all, all in their village people outfits, but then they've got to plunge their their faces into a pit full of scorpions to <laughs> to pick out like a, a challenge sort of token or something. Mm. Well,
1: will that experience be more pleasant than drinking this whiskey
0: we're about to find out do we dare put our noses to the glass and risk a sting to the face
1: mm, let us find out. actually no i mean it's there's a bit of booze floating off there which is concerning seems only 40 percent, but mm. it's it's actually eased off like this is the thing like ted pours the glass we turn the microphones on then we waffle for ages and all that initial volatiles is gone by the time we drink the whiskey it's actually can really recommend it mm, waffling is a good thing it's got some sort of
0: timber spice in there.
1: Yes, yes, it has. It's
0: a bit of resin, I think, mm. and
1: yeah, well, even a bit sappy. Mm. And what what is that? Is
0: it is that is S- sour, sour plums? plums? Yeah, nah. I don't know if it's I don't know if they're sour. I don't, I don't know whether um German cherry wine is sour or not. If you have had German cherry wine, please a let us know what it's actually called in German. <laughs> yeah, and b is it any good, or is it absolutely terrible?
1: It's no. It's an interesting nose. Like initially, nose hairs were gone, but now it's settled down a bit. It's actually not too bad. Mm.
0: As I said, it's it's that sort of spiced fruit sort of mm. thing going on. Okay. Shall well, we? Shall we have a little taste? We shall.
1: The nose is. It's got potential. Let's see where it goes. Yeah. Right. There it is.
0: Not much. Not much on the front, apart from just this sort of bright, alcohol sort of thing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but that wood spice, that oak spice that you talk about is present initially. Yeah. But
0: um, what do you get in the finish, Ted? Well, I I can only assume that it's
1: plums. I'm going with Demazin. Do you remember Demazin, Ted? Yeah. Takes me back to the days. It is cherry-flavoured medicine. Yeah, it is a bit, actually. It's... Mm. I mean, you know... The definition of medicine is something that makes you better, and whiskey generally does make me better. So, um, cherry medicine is probably a very accurate description of this. But when you're using it as a tasting note, mm, yeah, it's not my. It's not bringing back wonderful memories from my childhood.
0: It's not medicinal in the way that, like, an Isla dram is medicinal. Mm. It's no, it's nothing medicine-y. like that.
1: It's not like band aids. It's um. It is literally like cough syrup that you drink as a kid.
0: Not, it's not that bad. No, that's, it's not. It's not that bad. You, I think, I think you're. Uh,
2: it's underselling not. I'm, it a bit. I'm
1: not. I'm not comparing it. I'm using it as a tasting note. It's, it tastes a bit like cough syrup, mm. but there's more to it than that. Sore throat syrup, for example. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a fairly uh, narrow whiskey. Yeah. It's 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 fair. It, in terms of its texture, it's not it's not sort of a thick and oily one. It's more no. of a brightened. Um, Zingy sort of one. Yeah, Yeah.
1: do you get all that sort of wood spice at the initial palate that I'm talking about?
0: Not so much the initial palate. I get it more towards the end. Mm, Well, that's where I'm getting all the cherries. Mm. Oh, yeah, I suppose on that initial, yeah, it's kind of sweet and bright. It's
1: a bit of a contradiction because when you first try it, that sweetness is all you get. But then the more you drink of it, you don't notice the sweetness as much. The sweetness? The sweetness, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Maybe that's it. (laughs) <laughs> no, but you start I uh, well I start noticing that tannin stuff more the more I'm drinking it. It's like you, you eat a spicy dish that's not spicy on the first few mouthfuls, but the more you eat, the more it builds up. Mm. So now I'm getting more tannin and more oh, it's not even tannin, it's like it's like white oak, like a fresh oak. Yeah, and then the the black forest comes in over the over the top. It's it's weird because I don't like the 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 cherry medicine as a tasting note, but I'm almost intrigued to see what would happen if it pushed the flavour more towards that. Mm. I'd probably like it less and criticise it more, but I, it just leaves me slightly curious. So maybe it has got the balance right, but it still doesn't like get me frothing at the mouth for
0: more. No. What do you reckon if it had a bit more alcohol to it? I
1: actually think it might be worse.
0: Yeah, see, that. I was actually thinking that too. Mm. I, th- I think it might just push it a bit, a bit yeah. too sharp and... Yeah, Harsh. I don't I
1: don't think it is the most mature whiskey.
0: No, it would be interesting to know how old it is. Well, it doesn't Accent. have an age statement, which indicates no. it's probably not uh, an older. As for a Fan a Club, so you, you it's not sort of like a whiskey club style fan club. These guys seem a bit more rock yeah. and roll about it. A bit more leather shorts, yeah. Yeah. As a um club release, I think this makes a bit more sense because mm. it it's got that kind of kooky sort of like, ooh, that you, novelty. Yeah, a bit more novelty factor mm. sort of let's let's uh, try this and we'll release it to our, um, our club members and they can go, oh, yes, this is a kind of interesting one, but...
1: Mm. Hmm. Yeah, well, it is certainly unique. It is. It is, it is. In fact, it's more than unique. Ugh. It's, it's, it's... No, nah. it's unique, Ted. It's unique. It is.
0: <laughs> I suppose we should give it a mark, shouldn't we, Ted? Mm. Indeed. Right. I think the scorpion is a bit spiky, mm-hmm. a bit prickly for my... For my tastes, and it's I'm not, scuttily. I'm not, I'm not quite sure exactly sort of the merits of uh, cherry wine mm. uh, casking. It, it remains a, a a rich seem to be explored further, but mm. in this case, I think I'm going to go a solid two.
1: Yeah, it's a two for me as well, which might be a reflection of the whiskey, or it might be a reflection of our palates. But yeah, I, I, it's probably not something that you or I would seek out every day, but maybe. Maybe some of our patrons who get this sent to them in the mail, they might really like it or they might think it's a one-star whiskey. Let us know in the Patreon comments or let us know on social media.
0: Mm, I think I think next next month we should balance this out a bit with something Yeah, uh, let's send
1: something real good next month.
0: All right. Well, there you go. Scorpions. Scorpions
1: uh, the sequel to the horror movie Scorpion.
0: On for for all, all his many flaws, <laughs>
1: it's a good way of prefacing that like for backwards, a backwards compliment yeah. is coming.
0: No, no, this is good, he. He does write beautiful tasting notes. He does. I think he he's, should do more. He is very eloquent with mm. his tasting notes, and I'm thinking about just giving up on it entirely and employing him as a ghost writer. Yeah, yeah. He's, he is our imaginary founder after all, so yeah. I can just. Yeah, yeah. He can haunt our reviews. (laughs) Dram in the box.
1: I'm enjoying what I'm smelling, Ted.
0: Why, thank you. Mm.
1: No, I'm too far away from you to uh, be smelling your wonderful natural odour. No, I've got a, a glass in my hand. It's been filled by a dram in the box in a box. not too late to re-record the intro. No, um, so we've got a, a a sample sent in to us from friend of the pod, Cleon.
0: Imaginary friend of the pod, Cleon.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. And he um he's been keen for us to try a couple of his samples that he sent in. So we thought what we would do is we'd record us trying one on air.
0: Cleon, baby, this one's for you. Yeah,
1: I'd say live on air. It's live currently, but Although, actually by this the time anyone for, else this one's to for it. us. So yeah, it is for us. It is for us, and um. It's a distillery that we have a lot of time for.
0: We're actually going to have even more time for them soon. Well, No, hopefully they're going to have some time for
1: us. That is the plan. So this is a South Australian distillery from the Flurio Peninsula.
0: Funnily enough, called
1: Flurio Distillery. Mm. And um, yeah, we certainly have plans to attend said distillery it's in act- April this year.
0: Yeah, it's actually a long and long and tragic uh, tale. Mm. Um, we're about so a
1: year later than yeah, we anticipated.
0: Pretty much precisely a year late. Mm. Last year in April, we were meant to go visit Gareth and Angela at Fleurieu and unfortunately, COVID happened. Yes,
1: that happened to a lot of people <laughs> last year, so I'm told.
0: And it's ruined our whiskey
1: trip it did it did so obviously we we make light of the situation a lot of people had a lot of more serious things happen but yeah basically we we did miss out on the chance to go to Fluore distillery so we're going to make up for it in spades or, or clubs or diamonds <laughs> or hearts whichever comes first
0: i reckon it'll go straight to our hearts actually mm. but let's chat
1: about the dram that Cleon has sent us.
0: Okay, so this one is the Cartoon Love, and I have...
1: Cotton Louve, if you can understand Cleon's writing.
0: Cleon's handwriting is um, imaginary at best, so... Yeah, indeed. Yeah, so have you got some info about this one, I have got info about this. So, distillers Angela and Gareth Andrews explain the quirky backstory involving two petered barrels, Popeye and Olive. Sometimes love is found in the strangest of places. The chance meeting of a one-eyed, muscle-bound sailor with a waif of a girl the shape of a toothpick sparked a truly...
1: I can't, I can't do it, Nick.
0: <laughs> He's got to say it. A truly... True. What is that, Ted? A truly uh,
1: what? Does it start with a U? Yeah. A truly
0: unique...
1: How unique is it, Ted? Is it truly unique? It's not falsely unique. Uh, it's, not, it's not like halfway unique.
0: sparked a truly unique relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gareth. Thank you, Angela. You have made my night. Ugh. Popeye and Olive were two pe I don't want to go anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, the trip's off. <laughs> trip's off. <laughs> Popeye and Olive were two peated whiskey barrels filled on the same day and named after these two cartoon characters. There is never any guarantee the whiskey from barrels named after couples will end up in the same bottle. Sometimes, though, there is that certain magic and the whiskey from Popeye and Olive certainly had this for us. And as Celine Dion so aptly puts it... If you're truly in love, on. you're not in love. You're in love. Um, you're in
1: love. Yeah. So, what are you getting on the nose of this cartoon love? Truly unique whiskey.
0: <laughs> Ashes and dead <laughs> things. Now,
1: <laughs> no, it's it's not a really peaty nose though, is it?
0: No, but it is. We must make the point that it is peaty. Mm. It does. It does have um peated barley in it. So, yeah.
1: No, that's it. But it's it's got this sort of salty coastal thing going on. Well,
0: it's interesting you say that because Flurio is a truly maritime um, distillery oh, They're they are right on this little peninsula right on the coast. They're right on the coast.
1: I, I and I 100% believe although we haven't been there yet, but I 100% believe that that does influence their flavor. Mm. Because other Flueras I've tasted have I don't similar notes.
0: Think that this is it's not it's not a like a it's not an Arbeck, No. it's not a lefroyg. If we're gonna go something, I think it's possibly more of a um, Brooklady or a Bonnehaven.
1: or Bonnehaven, yeah. Some of their whiskies, I've thought more Bonnehaven, and some I've thought more Brooklady. The bottle I own downstairs, the message in a bottle, I think is more Bonne. This is more Brooklady for me, mm. but it's still really nice on the nose.
0: I think I think the nose has got these really sort of delicious sticky prunes and um, mm. um, and raisins. But
1: and- undercut by this sort of sulfury edge as well. Yeah. Um yeah. or,
0: or, or salty
1: or mm. That's
0: that's the uh, sulfite preservative on the um on the uh dried fruit.
1: <laughs> yeah, well that's why it balances so well. Mm. No, it's 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 a nice nose. So let's let's have a sip and see what we think. Mmm. Oh, okay. That's
0: oh. really interesting. That's that's got a really nice salty The
1: first hit is beautiful, but it actually dies away to something a bit more bitter. Like it's mm. maybe
0: it's too salty maybe on the finish. I think I think the correct description for it is marine. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's got seaweed in it. Yeah,
1: um, it is. It it almost it it starts really nice for me, but it tails off almost a bit much. Like a for me, it's a mermaid. I'm really enjoying what's up top, but the, the further <laughs> down it gets, is a bit fishy.
0: Oh, dear, has it got quite a long tail? It does,
1: but it's it's a bit scaly. Yeah, I'm not sure about that finish. It,
0: okay, I don't mind it. For some reason, it makes me think of green bottles to- tossed in the ocean waves.
1: Well, it did come in a, a little green sample bottle that could yeah, influence that thinking. It. It's interesting.
0: It's intriguing. I like it, though. I, I I actually think that the fresh the freshness and the the greenness and the the the, the salty sea elements of it yeah. work quite nicely together. Yeah. I, th- I think I think it's got it's one of those whiskies that's got a really sort of distinctive split between the um the nose and oh, the, it certainly the does i
1: really like the nose but i i think i can leave rather than take the palate. okay mm, yeah interesting but
0: the nose is the nose is popeye with these sort of big big <laughs> bold sort of muscular fruity flavors yeah whereas the um the palate's olive thinner thinner and sharper and greener and yeah well there you go
1: dram in the box Good or bad, it's always worth trying. So thank you, Cleon, for sending us this in. Thank you, a bunch of other people that have sent us stuff in. Don't worry. We are going to review those ones too. But it does take us a little while to record and edit all of our reactions. So just wait.
0: Look, hopefully we've got plenty more podcasts left in us. So Mm. we'll get there.
1: I think so. I think so. We're not completely pickled yet.
0: But anyway, if you have... Well, if you've had a Flurio, if you want to tell us what your favourite Flurio Flurio is, before we head over there, Mm. um, and if you have any questions for us to ask um, Gareth and Angela, please send us a carrier pigeon. Now's your chance. Get on the socials. Let us know. When Brett sent this to me, he uh, he sent a little personalised note. I didn't get one of these on a on official Spirit Thief. Uh, Notepaper says, Cheers, Ted. She's a wild one, as you know, but we love her. Right.
1: <laughs> well, then, that might be why it's a weird ski because she's a wild one. She is
0: a wild one. Oh,
2: oh. baby,
0: baby, she's a wild one. She's a Belgrove distillery. Baba, 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 baba. In a Cabernet Sauvignon French Old Cask. Doo, 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 doo. She's coastal pitted.
1: Boom, boom, boom.
0: Forty-eight <laughs> percent. <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. let's, you, need to, let's, you need to know when to quit when you are ahead, Ted. Yeah.
2: Waffle, waffle, in with.
1: We were recently lucky enough to go and visit Brett Steele at Spirit Thief HQ. Although, <clears throat> is it really a headquarters if you are a gypsy distiller? Well, anyway, we recorded an interview in his Bond caravan Um, and basically we turned the microphone on and started chatting and kept chatting and kept chatting and and talked for a very long time. Like it was brilliant and Brett was really generous with his time. Um, But rather than presenting the whole interview, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a greatest hits compilation, if you will. You can hear the whole interview. To do that, though, you'll have to find it on our Patreon. Which, basically, the the whole session consists of listening to Ted get increasingly drunk as the conversations go on. It's worth it just for that, really. So I'm waffling with today. We are in the Spirit Thief Bond Store with Spirit Thief founder Brett Steele, the um probably the first gypsy distiller in Tasmania whiskey history. And yeah, we're going to have a bit of a chat about his product today so thank you very much for having us
2: here today brett oh my pleasure nick thanks for coming down and uh and visiting us on your um sojourn around tasmania no worries yeah i think gypsy distilling is you know a good way to explain it um it was important to me that you know as the distiller for the company into the future i I wanted to come and um, do my apprenticeship learn from casey and uh and you know, Mark and Jane, as, as the neighbours, we've got Tim Duck just up the road. And we go and visit, and then, uh, you know, the team uh, here with SAG and Anthony um, has got all of his experience from Belgrove and Nant as well. So it was a good place to kind of come and combine all of that, be on site. Mm. And we haven't ruled out, um, by any stretch of the imagination, building our own distillery down, down the line. But for the time being, it, is a really great place to be able to jump in, do all the R and D, have full access to an eighteen hundred liter um, yeah. wash steel, and spirit steel, as an eight hundred, do all the experiments, and have um, you know that capacity for mentoring and, and talking to the over when we need to, um, to try and jump in with actual whiskey before worrying about you know building the distillery in, in its own right. So yeah, so the thing. You know, the thing um, for us really, and our challenge, is transitioning out of uh, being an independent bottler and working with other collaborators and other distilleries. And uh, that's what I'm calling the, um, the exploration series for us now. So we had our pilot casts. We've got our independent bottlings with um, Sheen and Adams and Belgrove, yep. New Zealand Whiskey Collection and, uh, and Ben Rinus. Over, yeah. in, over in Scotland. So they're all um, a series of six that'll be out over the next, you know, short period of time—the end of this year and the start of next year. Yep. And that's really being what's allowed us to, you know, kind of explore these different wine varietals, how much flavour difference there is, um, and where we go, where we go from here.
1: But um, tell us about the tell us about the casks. Because you're, you're staying away from the, sort of the major food groups, the Bourbons, Ports and Sherry's.
2: Yeah, well, really, the, the, this all started um, back in 2015 when myself and Jared and Ian, the, the two uh, original co-founders, three of us were interested in doing Tasmanian spirit in a different way to what we were seeing with all the, the other distilleries at the time Ports and Sherry's. So my background was in wine and from outside McLaren Vale. And I had a, a good winemaker um, friend who I grew up with and we did vintage together up in the Redland, uh, up in the Riverland. Yep. And um, I spoke to him about what casks he, he had available and then knowing the strength of some of the richness of that Shiraz and, and Grenache Cabernets um, that, that we grew up with, we started talking a little bit more about what it was that the winemakers were, were looking for their, uh, their casks and the, the fine grain and the oak. Mm-hmm. And so the first experiment was French Oak Tempranillo and American Oak Shiraz. And, and to find out, does it actually work compared to um, going down the, uh, the traditional line of the Tawny and, and Aperas. And uh, yeah, we were happy with the results. So then it was a matter of what can we do after this? So back at that time in 2017, uh, 2018, we um, started talking with, with Sheen, and so that was a chance to do a double distillation um, with Sheen at the time, rather than their triple distilled. Yeah. That, definitely. Um, you know, they're familiar with, with Mackie. So their double distilled went into our French Oak Grenache casks, um, which I'm keen to give you guys a, a try of. If, if you're, yeah, you're yeah. ready for these. Oh, oh yeah. if, if you insist. <laughs> There's a lot of talk that there's no difference between the wines. When whisky industry uses wine casks, we tend to just talk about X red wine casks, yeah, right? Yeah. But you guys had a chance a to go to try the French Oak Tempranillo. This is now trying a, a French Oak Grenache. <laughs> They've both been heavily charred, and yes, the distillery spirit um, is slightly different. Yeah. But we also believe and think that there is a generous amount of difference in what's actually going on with, Nose the, is completely different. with, with is the wood and with the flavour aroma. Zingier and um, bright. So yeah and because this was you know early days we didn't get um, a chance to experiment then with toasting and charring in the way that we are now, how fine the grain is, so and look at that. Together with um, Darren from TAS Cast Company or SA Cooperage you know, we're starting to look at different winemakers Using not just French oak, but Burgundy oak or, or Bordeaux, and how that might marry up with you know previous contents of, of how a winemaker looks at using wood, yeah, um, and trying to bring some of that, I guess, language and vocabulary into what we're trying to explore in, in whiskey. So that's that's what's interesting um, for me about it.
0: Yeah. So so using like using yeah really drilling down into what difference wine casks make is sort of a real point of difference yeah yeah yeah. i
2: hope so you guys do look and it's as much about what i'm interested uh in when in you know whiskies when we came across it i've always been a huge fan of the long row reds and the different ones that they were using for finishing casks and and different periods of time there as well so this is um you know kind of a, a leap of faith in some ways about what can we do with these varietal differences Mm. and hence why we've got the 20s down gives us a chance to find that out in the shorter period and then uh, go bigger and and more um, more intense from there so we do have some American oak bourbons down as well and that is um, you know in place for uh, blending stock yeah, if, if, you're gonna if required finish,
0: finish um, those off in something else in a wine
2: well yeah there's maybe. a couple of ways of looking at it either doing that or actually using that as part of the marriage yeah. Yeah. so if we find that some of these wine casks do end up getting too, too bit dry or too tannic, yeah. I can bring in some of these bourbons but what we're finding even in these early experiments now is American Oak Cabernet and American Oak Bourbon is bringing together a really beautiful um, marriage from our experiments in, you know, in this short period of time, but we're still another 12, 18 months away from finding out how they how they fully mature at this. And there's a thousand different things we could test and it's really a matter of one um, one at a time. And we've just now started experimenting with the ABV fuel levels at 55%. Um, you can see some down here. We've also filled the same Barrels at the sixty-three point um yeah, well, or fifty-five is really low compared to um,
1: Micta's level of
0: yeah so that's yeah something um, I don't to, think really anyone particularly in Australia does at the moment like
2: yeah, yeah well again this has really come out of the wine industry and um, Rod who uh, works with me is kind of my operations manager and comes from the wine background we've been looking at how sugar is extracted um, from the oak over over time and there is a, a big you know, discussion to be had about whether that 63.4 has just been lifted out of Scotland uh, mm-hmm. over, over time and that suits you know, their climate because those ABVs are, are dropping. dropping with yeah. a 20 year you know, maturation yeah. or so you're going to be coming, coming down but there's a big argument to be had that at 55% fill if our temperature and humidity is increasing the ABV level at the end of and maturation, that you're actually driving more more flavour and, and more sugar from from the wood out of uh, out of it. So we'll see. I know. Um, I think Dan Woolley from Highwayman's feeling some around about this level as well. Yeah. And uh, of course, um, uh, Dave Vitali uh, at Starwood, they, they feel sub 60 as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some similarities there. Just need more barrels that
0: way. Yeah, well, it'd exactly be really thing. interesting to know, sort of see whether this is actually like the small sort of snowflake moment that sort of just a few little snowflakes here and there that are just like coalescing and come together to create this big movement that actually changes the whole direction of distilling in Australia where there's a realization that maybe the Scottish model, when, when it's looked at against our particular climate, actually is like no that that the end product while it's really good is maybe not the best that it can be because i like to think that it, you might just
1: open it up for, di- for different horses for courses like yeah or you know put it in 63 to achieve a set name but also put it in 55 or 59 yeah. to achieve a different name
2: and it's a theory at this stage and uh, like all of these uh we just test it and and find out but um uh, it's it's the come audio it's now, come so yeah. yeah. It's yeah. I, say, <laughs> I was right to the I suppose
0: the biggest question that's gonna be on everyone's li- li- yeah. particularly our um, listeners, is when are we going to see the um and um, the, the people will really resonate with this one, when are we going to see the um Australian goon cask?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well I think uh, the can't into foil for two years. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. We're just gonna need to get the um the old clothes line uh, yeah, exactly spinning around and that can be the launch party. <laughs> um, you be know, a shorter game that, if you're drinking whiskey out of those, those things. Spirit things. Spirit yeah. Thief laybacks yeah. on entry. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that'd be more of a new make spirit, I think.
0: <laughs> this is Well, I suppose. This is really what we can take away as being you. It's red wines. Mm-hmm. It's
2: yeah, yeah. I no, mean,
0: no, no one else does this. No, I don't think anyone else. Like, everyone, red everyone, everyone red plays That's plays
2: definitely. around with the occasional red wines, right? Yeah. But the, the difference is, you know. They might have um, five or ten percent of their portfolio in red wines, and the rest of it is in traditional fortified and occasionally they may say what variety it is. yeah, yeah. And, and I was really interested to flip that entirely and, and say our entire portfolio will be around red wine varietal specifics yeah. um, and you know every ten years we might do a, uh, you know, a special release like uh, that two hundred liter, which allows us to you know. Look at, look at a fortified outside of this, but yeah. I'm gonna build the brand around this first and, and yeah. hopefully build a, an interest in the following. Um, but you know, in the same way that, uh, yeah, people have been admiring the long road red releases. You know, this is really a, um, a, a catalyst, if you like, for what we might be able to do in Tasmania. Nicholas.
0: Yes. I'm feeling in high spirits.
1: Yeah, well, same, because we've been drinking wonderful whiskies tonight.
0: Yes, we've had much As opposed to th-
1: all the other nights, in which case we would yeah. drink horrible rums. No, we've been drinking wonderful whiskies yet again.
0: Mm. Look, tell you what, Brett Steele is a bloody good bloke.
1: He's smashing it at the moment. I just can't wait to see what his actual Gypsy Distilled White Label does. Mm,
0: it would be interesting... To see, yeah, how, how it comes out and how it sort of, I suppose, contrasts. So it's almost like a house-style one compared yeah. to the... Well,
1: you can't, you can't recreate Belgrave, can you?
0: No. Now... Now. Don't forget that uh, we will be giving away three samples of the Spirit Thief. Yeah, one um, of each. One of each of the ones that we possess. So uh, if you want to get your mitts on one of those, uh, leave us a comment on our Patreon um, site and tell us uh, which one sounded the most interesting and why, and the best answer will um will net you those samples indeed, indeed.
1: I'm pretty excited about giving stuff away, but I'm more excited about really just including our patrons in something a bit special, so yeah i I'd love to get more comments just from just from those people and letting us know exactly what's going on in their heads when they listen to the pod.
0: yeah, look. It's it's been a good good evening. We've I've I've appreciated the drams that we've drunk. Mm. I think there's been some good good stuff in there. Although I suppose our our review whiskey this this uh, this time was interesting, wasn't it? it was, well, it was how funny.
1: many cherry wine Swedish distilled whiskies have you tried before, Ted? One. Yeah, this one. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yep. exactly. So you've got to try it once. It's it's been a it's been a good session of it. But now it is time to come to an end. The time
1: has come for us to wave and say goodbye. We're tired and sleepy and rubbing Wanted our he heads.
0: Wanting our beds?
1: It's time to take ourselves off to bed.
0: Oh, yeah, and see what, see tomorrow... what tomorrow brings. Whiskey! 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 There's been a lot of singing in this episode, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But not enough in and Blyton until the very end. Ted's nodding his head in approval, or nodding his head in approval.
0: Oh, well. Good night, big ears.
1: Yeah, and a good night, little yellow car. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Right, <laughs> so, well, that's enough of the uh, noddy references. Indeed, um, indeed, yeah. Good night, Nicholas. It's been an excellent evening indeed. once again. Mm. Keep on waffling, everyone. And good night.
1: Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least they would have if we actually had lawyers.
0: Sparks a truly <laughs> I can't, I can't do it, Nick. He's gotta say it. A truly True.
1: what is that, Ted? A truly uh, what does it start with a U.
0: Yeah. A truly unique.
1: How unique is it, Ted? Is it truly unique? It's not falsely unique. Uh-huh. It's not it's not like halfway unique.
0: It's part of a truly unique relationship. <laughs>